Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, Pneumatic Duck Cannon. Ahoy! Ahoy! How's it going? Well, um, I'm alive. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Barely made it through today at work. Back at work. That's fun. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, any, um, unofficial sponsors helping you get through that hardship? What? (laughs) You said it was the first day back to work. Oh, no, no. First day back, not at work, work. Not with no kids here. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. I do have that stuff. I have some. Okay. Already in my bag for my unofficial sponsorship. Okay. I was just Viola. curious. Uh, you know, this way. Yeah. Thank you. Probably gonna need it tomorrow because tomorrow's parent like open house. I keep calling it parent night, but that's something different. Tomorrow's open house. So, oh, what's that? What's what's the difference? I don't. It's the first one. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other parent nights are like, oh, there's like activities and you're going to do a thing and blah, blah. But this is like, find your locker. Here's your classroom. What's I going see. on? Like, <clears throat> that makes sense. Have you signed your device contract? Uh, like all that fun stuff. So. <clears throat> but everything's sort of a disaster. Like the <laughs> bathrooms aren't done still. Oh, I. Yeah. <clears throat> There's like still a lot of like errant construction, just like literally <gasps> everywhere in the hallway. And oh like no! My air conditioner is uh, toast; like it's gone; like it's not working at all. Oh, so they think it might have been hit by lightning a couple weeks ago. That's they pretty solid. To, they didn't bother to like. It's great. Look at stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's like not a copy machine that works anywhere apparently so that's cool oh i need you know who needs to make copies for the first week of school well when you don't get your devices until week two or three who needs i mean that? who needs that i'd say nobody utterly that's the good part about it ridiculous is what it is it Man, is just the most ridiculous thing on the face of the planet it's all like (laughs) (laughs) it's probably fine like again i've talked about this before it's like it's the outside things that let me down the hardest because i have things i could be doing but there's roadblocks in my way and i literally can't do them Mm -hmm. because is there a copy machine in my wing that works no no there's not (laughs) oh that's frustrating (laughs) so like can I do these things? Nope. Also, no. Sure can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, that's exciting. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's all right. It's whatever. I don't care. I mean, except in as much as you do care. I mean, I do, but it's like so annoying that like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I will see. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh-huh. The tech person even used the word allegedly in her email. So that is instilling a lot of confidence. Um, oh. That there is going to be a new copy machine uh, in my world tomorrow. Ale- 
And they use the word allegedly. Yeah, she used the word allegedly. So that's like, I think it's one of those ones like they've been waiting on it and she called again and they told her it was coming. So she's just like, whatever. They told me it's coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I believe them because they said that before. But like, (laughs) oh no. So like, yeah. It's, it was one of those, it was one of those like, uh, like they, they it feels just like somebody, our like contract on the old machines like ran out, right? Oh, and oh. so they were they were upgrading all the other ones, you know. Yeah. And so like and like the service goes with the contract lease thing, something I don't know, but like so they wouldn't. The other machines were too old that they weren't going to service them anymore, and we had to like upgrade our machines, mm-hmm. right? And so they didn't do the one in our building yet because we're the stepchildren and like we, nobody cares about our building, right? And sure. so like they did all the other ones, <laughs> and then like they they were like, okay, this machine we we can keep it up here, but it can't get serviced. And then like basically right after they said that, that it just died like <gasps> a horrible. Like, <laughs> oh no! It's like great, thanks. That was the end of last year. So, you know, um, <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah, it's fun, right? That's where we are. That's where we are. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, been doing that today, sitting through exciting meetings. I watched all of my training videos. Those are fun. Love those. Uh, sure. You know, like all 50 million of them. Uh-huh. About like workplace safety and like, Sexual harassment, which is important stuff. Don't get me wrong. Right. Not watching videos. It's very, you know, it's very corporate. It's very like silly. Like it's not like, I don't know. I just don't, it's weird, but whatever. Um, All that stuff. So I got all those done today while I was doing other things, getting ready Mm -hmm. for stuff making things that I could never we did however today meet a man who is like uh they've been trying to get me to talk to this guy for, like but we just kept missing each other he is working with the construction dudes right mm-hmm. but he's like also an archaeologist <laughs> right and okay. he's also like I guess a pretty eminent like Native American like archaeologist of Native American sites in Missouri. Like he has a book. He okay. is like have okay. you read about like the one of the oldest like caches of arrowheads and like building sites or whatever in Missouri? Like he was on that he found that, right? Like oh, wow. He just dropped that bomb on me. I don't remember I can't remember the name now, but he said the name and I was like, I I've read about that. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I know that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, huh. we're going to, yeah, we sat and talked for a real long time today about stuff. He may, may try to get him to come into the classroom and talk about stuff, but he was talking to me about, you know, arrowheads and stuff and like, <laughs> well, that types cool. and like typology. I do love a good typology as we know. Yeah, um, you know, love that stuff. So talking about like the typology of arrowheads and like the names and the 
forms and the dates and all this stuff. And like, it's very mm. interesting. <laughs> and he actually said, I didn't realize this, but you know, Highway 71 down through McDonald County, like to Arkansas, you know how that took him like 7 million years to get that done? Yeah. Right. Apparently, part of the reason that took so long is because while they were digging and blasting that out, they found uh, some native migratory sites from like <laughs> really a certain time period. Right. And it's like, <clears throat> he was talking to me about the, this one type of arrowhead. Right. And it's the last stone arrowhead before metal was introduced by European settlers. Right. Oh. And it's only, he said it was only around for like 150 some years. That's now, it. Now, that, is that a, they only use this particular kind of stone or is it a particular no, they kind only, of? They only used this particular technique and design of the stone arrowhead. I see. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So like the, the way that it, like the evolution of stone points is like, uh, he told me, and I'm going to take his word for it because he is published and he seems to be an expert in these things. He told me that the most important part is the part where the arrowhead attaches to the haft of the thing. Right. Okay. He said, that is the thing that changes the most. He's like the front point, the point part, whatever, like it's all the same. Right. But that back part is the, like where the technology was developing the most. Right. Interesting. Sort of like the shape of the head and then the part where it connected to the shaft. Of the yeah. or the spear, you know, if it's a spear pit. Well, that and that makes a lot of sense because once it's pointy, right, you can kind of like, okay, well, that's fine. But then there's the, <laughs> yeah, right, like right. It, that makes. I didn't. I never thought about it before. No, no, same. But it does make a lot of sense because, like, a po- it, there's only so many iterations on pointiness, right? Like that's not really gonna change a lot and affect a lot of other stuff. <clears throat> but he said that this one. It was like the last one before the they started broadly using metal arrowheads. Mm. So like right before. And he said it's he says only like two to three generations of people. That's it. And so if you find those sites, it's a very, very specific date. And he said that's oh. really cool because a lot of the other ones, the date ranges are like 2,500 years. So if sure. you find one, it's kind of like, oh, it's somewhere here but this specific one is like 150 years max mm. and those are the ones that they found in mcdonald county <laughs> wow okay <laughs> and he said it was you could basically like he said they they came down and they did some dig pits in other areas and you could kind of like track the migration you could mm. like see a path of oh, migration sure. and following stuff or whatever so i was like that's really cool like yeah didn't know that they should tell me more about that not just like under construction still like (laughs) sorry yeah give me the update on the cool part that's about like why it isn't (laughs) so yeah he was he was pretty interesting guy so (laughs) maybe he might come to my class i don't know we'll see if we can make something happen that sounds like a great yeah. connection. <clears throat> yeah. Be good. Right. So uh, I told him, I was like, yeah, we dig too, but like we're digging for like rocks and stuff. Yeah. 
And then the crossover event here is he was talking about how like a lot of like the native jewelry from this area, like one of the things that they would do is they would take, they would find crinoid fossils and then make those into beads for the necklace. And I was like, well, they have a lot of bead opportunities because (laughs) when I dig out here in this field next to the school, Uh we find crinoids just hand over fist. So like we got... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> quite a, a lot of our event for our, our our disciplines here so yeah know, it, was, it was pretty neat you like pretty cool guy so <clears throat> here's a good thing about today did that that's it's a highlight of my day really that was a breakfast so that'll tell you how <laughs> wow there's a lot going on in there <laughs> it really was it was a lot <laughs> it's a long day <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I'm, are you exhausted because I feel yeah. like lost it <laughs> all good good so neat so uh any so they did they give you any deadlines at all or anything for when you're gonna have i mean other than uh, alleged alleged copy machines um it, no updates on anything else no that's it cool or something cool, cool. that sounds pretty for. yeah because i asked him because they just find out my air conditioner was dead dead today so I was like, cool. So January, February, probably. Yes. By the time they get one and get it out there. And I'm on the second floor. So they have to get like a crane and like get all stuff out there. So I was like, it's not going to, yeah. this is not, this is not going to happen anytime soon. I'm going to boil to death and then potentially freeze to death um, because the unit is the air and heater at the same time. <gasps> so it's all like one unit. These are like the dad units, right? Like the big giant ones that are all the roof. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) To bring my parka later, right? Start out with my flip-flops and then move to parka because. (laughs) Well, at least you can really showcase the full breadth of your wardrobe. That's true, right? Yeah. Just go the full scope. It'd be great. Sure. Yeah, that's all right. <clears throat> so it's pretty much it. It's about all you're doing. Really. Yeah. You know. I did I did want to I gathered some of my thoughts, right? So I have have a small addendum to last week, right? We have ruminations on dragnet. Okay, are you ready? Here oh, you oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um also I have some follow up about dragnet as well. Oh, perfect. There you go. Okay. It's a new dragnet centric podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking about this, right? And I've been, as we know, I've been like totally watching every Law and Order episode ever, ever. Okay? But now that we're up to like two thousand and two, right? It's really not as exciting, right? It's like a very modern show, right? Mm-hmm. The thing I liked about the early Law and Order is it is a very, very 90s experience watching it, right? Everything from like the fashion to the the way that they're finding things like the detective, like equipment, right? Like the the lab situation is like some paper in a microscope, right? So it's like very of a time, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what Dragnet also gives you. Dragnet original 1950s version, right? Season three. It's great. Um, (laughs) 
it is so of a time, right? And not just in the way that like is the most obvious in like how do you solve a crime in the 1950s? Like you just talk to people. That's basically it, right? This is so they do have a a like a lab guy who like compares things and they still have like the gunshot residue or the like oh look at this fingerprint or look at this bullet right they do like the great mouse detective bullet in the microscope thing right that's how it works um (laughs) but also it is the type of crime they are solving that is very of a time and strange right so like i was watching episode the other day And here's the here is the premise, okay? A couple goes, they check into a hotel using a fake name, clearly. Hmm. They phone up a doctor saying there's an emergency. The doctor makes the house call to the hotel. They thwack him on the head and steal his drugs out of his doctor bag and run away. Ah, right. This is not this is not a crime that's happening now, right? This is <laughs> and it makes you wonder, was this happening a lot? Like what? Like was there I mean, a rash of, of of house call doctors getting having their medications stolen? Apparently. The story you are about to hear is true, after all. That's so, true. Yeah. Right. And there was another one, right? Another this one is very nefarious, right? They were looking, it was like a ring of people, right? Up. Uh, you know, they use weird words for this, but like, um, there was a ring of people, and what they were doing is they were looking in the obituary paper, finding people who recently died, taking like a junk pen and pencil set and engraving the name on it, and then going to the person's house and saying, They ordered this for you. Um, I'm here to collect payment on this thing. Right? Like, you know, and this, oh. and then expecting like, oh, they ordered this as a gift for you, spouse or sister uh-huh. or someone. Um, and you know, they died before I, you know, it could be delivered and payment could be made. So you need to pay me for this thing, but it's like a junk thing. It's like trash, and like they didn't really order it right. So it's like a very nefarious uh, endeavor. But again, this is not a crime that's happening. <laughs> Very much in uh, 2023, right? This is not a thing that I'm aware of that's, that's currently happening. So it's like some of the, uh, the other crimes, like, you know, murder, that's like, you know, unfortunately, run-of-the-mill stuff, right? Like, but there are some other, like, very specific things that are, like, so 1950 that it's it's kind of what makes it interesting to watch, right? Like, some of those stuff, I, I think it's it's, like, such a period thing it's like such a 1950s thing that that's where a lot of the enjoyment for me is coming from because it's not from the riveting dialogue right i mean it's good it's funny but like you have the very american like quippy detective which is a very important part of american crime drama yes um you know uh, but like there's these very specific time period things that just like jump out at you. It's like, ah, this is way different than what you're used to now. So that's, 
I think that's where my enjoyment is coming from. I had some time to ruminate on this because, like last week, I was like, I've been liking this show. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? It doesn't make sense to me why I'm enjoying this so much. And I think, <laughs> but I think that is part of the reason, right? It's I'm just enjoying this like time period, yeah, uh, of the show, right? And it's like showcasing all these aspects of the time period, right? And you see mm-hmm. all this other stuff, right? Just kind of like a little snapshot into a depiction of the 1950s. Right. And it's like the little things and like the type of crime and like just the way they talk and like the, even the food they eat it's really weird. Cause like, he's like, Oh yeah, I make this all the time. And that's like, not a thing that people just make for dinner anymore. Right. It's like, <laughs> he's like, Oh yeah, I just love making Spanish omelets. You're like, what? <laughs> who, who does that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like who have you ever heard of that people doing that just like for fun randomly like i don't know so like <clears throat> you know these little side details are are like really humorous to me uh not humorous but just like interesting and engaging and i think that is why i've been enjoying dragnet mm. so much so i wanted to add that addendum on okay. to last week's me talking about dragnet but not having a very like clear definitive reason why i liked it and I think that is that is why. So sure, boom, there you go. Follow up. Okay. Well, what is your I, tie-in? I, now I'm curious. Okay. Well, I, uh, I after after our conversation last week, um, Megan said, "What you talk about?" I said, "Talked a little bit about how brands watching Dragnet," and she got a really big smile and started to nod her head, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I was like, did "She really?" Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like the 50s 60s versions and she was like yeah jack webb is awesome <laughs> yeah he is megan that's right <laughs> and i was like what what and she goes i used to watch it all the time growing up <laughs> so she, <laughs> and i was like no no like the really old ones and she was like yeah i know the really old ones. <laughs> that's fantastic yes yes so that was you tell her they're on plex just in case you're curious. I know you uh, do that. So there's some of the episodes on there. So okay, tell her she can once again watch some dragon. We can talk. Okay. It'll be great. Okay, <laughs> I'll 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 send her over that way. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, she was just like, yeah, yeah, right. It's awesome, right? And I was like, what? Are you, why are you nodding so vigorously? Like, okay, sure. But yeah, she was. She enjoyed that very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's great I like it so there you go you have someone else in your corner yes thanks man <laughs> got it back <laughs> oh but yeah uh, for for us um, we have uh, man a lot of stuff going on and not going on uh, we were fair bound um over this past on Monday. Uh, oh, was, yeah. Which was great uh, because it was 78 degrees and a cool northerly breeze. Oh, uh, man. There we go. Which is the day to go to the fair. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing new and crazy this year. Um, it was actually, it felt like a really fast, like three and a half hours, um, maybe close to four. Um, but if it went by pretty fast, when we were there, uh, we did our usual. We stop in. We we like to go in through the. Here's a here's a pro tip. 
the southernmost entrance uh, gets you. It's not a lot of people are there. You get to ride the tram into the fair, which is the best part is the tram ride to into the fair from the parking lot. Um, as everyone right. will agree. Is that Noah uh, speaking? Is that what's happening? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it takes you, um, uh, it takes you up to the corner, you get off, and then you go and you hit the um, horticulture building, which is where they're like, here's the best rose of all of Missouri, and here's the best hyacinth, and here's the best arrangement of lilies, and like all those are in there, uh, which is there cool. Okay, then right next to that is the art building, and this is where they showcase, like, here's the best watercolor judged of all of Missouri, like, and here's the best whatever oil painting and this is also cool because they also have an artist in residence which is a local artist as in from our town and they set up shop and they like can sell their wares and do their art stuff um which is neat which is really cool and that's always neat to see just come in and it, it acts as a as another art gallery and we enjoy going to those so we um can uh can go and explore there and then that's right next to the kids farm area and that's where they have like here is and duck and here is and pig and and horse and here are the best part the best part about this entire thing is when you first walk in there is a little popcorn popper machine um and okay okay no yeah okay but the popcorn thing is not on the inside in instead they have (laughs) They have converted it into a <laughs> a place to hatch chicken eggs, and the top sign says "popcorn chicken." Nice, okay, very nice. Um, d- <laughs> <laughs> Some and would so, call that an incubator. Listeners, yep, yep. just in case you're curious, as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's an incubator for chicken eggs, and so you get to watch their eggs, and then you know throughout the day the chickens hatch and then they take them out of there and they put them in where the other chicken little chicks are but yeah it's this popcorn chicken across the top and it's hilarious that's kind of uh, funny yep uh you then go down this main drag don't, um, don't put them in the waiting pool with the ducks no this Just is not tip. no pro pro tip. Tip. don't put them there not that don't anyone would know that, but that. it's not because <laughs> they can't they don't have web feet yeah. um or the chickens and ducks not the same not the same Anyway, uh, that life hack brought to you by childhood experience. Um, yeah. and, and then it wasn't me, listeners. Just, just so you know, I didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Here's the one thing. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't you. Uh, <laughs> you get to go down to the Modot building where they have the uh, big. Uh, uh, Is it just a I, bunch of dudes standing around in hard hats? Not doing okay. Anything? So they they do have those people inside. Uh, on the outside, yeah. they have a big like Modot man built out of. Um, barrels and cones <laughs> so, yeah so you get to go take your picture by modot man oh, or no. person whatever i don't know like it's just big modot per you know person out there um you guys go you pick up all your coloring books you get your updated roadmaps then you put those in your bag and then you go through you get to go now you're right down next to the mdc building so you get to see all of the fish uh which is always so much fun uh and we got to watch their new um uh, dog uh do different scent work of what all they're trained in. Um, this building oh. is then right next to the big field where they have all of the farm implements for sale, um, which is uh, great. 
So now you can go and you can go sit in the $560,000 combine. Uh, and you can go sit in the big, you know, whatever other implement that you want. Um, this is, this is a highlight of, of our time there. Um, and then we get to, uh, go from here. We take a brief respite. This is where you usually refuel with, um, lemonade or whatever have you. Now you buy your tickets to go lemonade. Yes. Yes. To go ride the rides. You go, now you're at the main fairway, whatever it's called. Um, and now you get your tickets and now you go ride rides. Okay, then you ride the rides. And this year when we were a bit more timid on the ride riding, um, I don't not sure what happened, but I think we're old enough to realize fair rides are kind of janky. Okay. Right? Kind of look at them and go, Is that rust, Dad? We're pushing. Yeah. What is that? What is that? How <laughs> much is this bolt supposed to move? Right? How much play? <laughs> how much play is supposed to be in the seat? Right? Is this is this yes, I think we're approaching that. Um, also, it could have been that we overloaded on very sugary lemonade and funnel cakes right before we went to do this, so that we were that, kind of having a bit of a. I feel like maybe that is a also crash, a big, right? big part of it, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably a big part of this. Do um, you want to do anything? No, no, I just kind of want to sit here <laughs> and just stare. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. now I will say, our entire time at the fair was consumed with trying to find the one event that we really wanted to go to but we never found alas uh, oh. and this is this is the um this is the duck throwing contest uh excuse you okay um you know as much as i do throwing yeah no you know okay. as much as i do about the point of this uh about the uh procedure of throwing a duck um, i mean it's probably to see who can throw a duck the furthest yes right but ducks can already fly so why do ducks can fly them? here's here's my thing are they what, what? How are the ducks? Um, are they like roast ducks? In what manner? Are they, are they rubber ducks? ducks? Exactly. Oh, there could be rubber ducks. We. What if? We, what if? Hold on. Here's what it should be. I don't know what if this is what it is, but here's what it should be. Okay. It should be like people that make those like pumpkin chunkin things, but it's for big rubber ducks. Oh. That oh. would be. Like that the size of like basketballs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They have to build like a rubber duck launching trebuchet. Yes. Yeah. That's what so it I, should be. That's what it should be. I don't know what it is, but that's what it ought to be because that sounds fantastic. I would definitely watch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, we never found out, unfortunately. Um Dang it. no clue. We will never know. If you search duck throwing, all you do is get pictures of ducks in the Chicago River, which nobody cares about. So um, why are they? Why are people throwing ducks into the Chicago? Oh no, river? they 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 flooded the Chicago River with rubber ducks for something, something, something. I don't know. Chicago, oh, Illinois, right? Weird. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. um, we, also we had wanted to go see the antique. So, uh, go see the antique tractor pull. Um, this is oh. far superior to the modern tractor pulls with everything souped up really loud. This is literally. Here is a Ford Farmall from 1953, completely unmodified, except for about 20 pounds on the front, and they're going to hook it up and we're going to pull. Right? That's that's all this is. It's amazing. This is by you know, far, I, I, I can't tell you best. how spectacular this is. It's also hilarious because, like, some of those tractors, like the big, like, hopped up ones like they can't pull the sled and some of those like really old like 
just they look like they're kind of falling apart. They don't go fast, but they literally never stop pulling anything. Yes. They just like they get to the end and it feels like they could just drive home. They're just like like and they just Yep. Yep. Don't make exactly. a big fuss. But they're like, I can pull the universe. Okay, get out of my way. Yeah. How many how it's like how many horsepower? A sufficient number. Um yeah, all. How many how the, many torques? Torque? Yes. All, all yes. Yes. Uh, torque and, of a black hole devouring a sun. That is what we're going. <laughs> yes. And it's cool because these are like these are where you see like the grandpa putting their like five year old grandchild on and they're just putzing along and you're like, okay, this is amazing. And it's not really loud. It's not really crazy. Nothing like they just kind of pull and kind of stop and then keep going. Right. <laughs> it's just we I was very excited for these and they were postponed because we got torrential rains the previous day and the day of the morning of. So we were unable to do this because the field conditions were not appropriate for this. Yeah, those old tractors don't care. They still pulled through. It's, it was, it's like, oh no, no, they were, this is what they were meant for. Like, what are you talking about? There's 17 inches of mud out there. This now, now we can truly distinguish who, yeah. who among now us. Now it's a challenge. It was fine before, but now. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> the real showdown <laughs> begins. So we didn't get to see that. Um, but yes, yeah, so we, we were all consumed about the duck throwing and very confused at every turn. Uh, we rode the Ferris wheel. We rode a couple kind of spinny rides and the, the, um, we also rode the, um, oh gosh, the name is completely, um, uh, wow. Carousel. You know? Carousel. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You saw the picture of the carousel. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we rode the carousel. It was very tame. Uh, then afterwards you walk up the main fairway, um, you either get a refill of, or you stop in the family center because it's one of the only uh, air conditioned buildings in this side of the, this, the place. Um, so you run in there uh, to use the restroom. You wave to everybody that you know in there because all the locals want to volunteer in this building. Obviously. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then you run out and go get your face painted. And then you take the tram all the way back to the front gate. And then you take the other tram back to your car. And then you leave. And this is a day at the fair. Uh, we don't, we're not really like, other than the antique tractor pull, not really events people. Like we don't, we don't need to go see people singing or. You don't want to go see all this, all the super hot stars of 1987 that are playing at the state fair circuit. Right. Like, I mean, oh, man. I mean, they do have Nelly this year. Oh, okay. Wow. And Nelly, how the boy, mighty howdy. have fallen. Boy, howdy, let me tell you. Nelly end up on the state fair. That crossover country album really drug him down, man. It did. It did. He really, he's never been able to quite get out of that rut. Now, if he were driving a 1957 Farmel, he He probably could. He could pull himself right out, right? He could. He could get right back to the Lou. Yeah. And do another thinking of Nelly things. Stomping in those Air Force Ones. Boom. (laughs) That's what he was doing. He was. Get those cowboy boots off, Nelly. Get those so, air forces back on. Oh, excuse me. Hold on. <clears throat> air forces. There you go. Earth. That's how Nelly. That's now we understand. I I hear you. Gotta get um, that St. Louis drawl, right? <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, so now, uh, so you could definitely understand what um what what age bracket is very excited about this concert. Uh, <laughs> and it's the, it is sold the, out. It's, it's the forty year olds. It's me. Yeah. I mean, not me, but like no. It's all of the people that are my age now. Yes. yes. Dang it. Yep. Who are <laughs> packing the stands. It's a sold out concert. So 
fun will be had. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, man, so Nelly, come on, man. This is like, this is not what are you doing. <laughs> so we'll, we're going to go back a second time. And this is when really, we see all kind of the same stuff again, a little bit faster, uh, but it's all, you got to touch points, you know, make sure everything's the same. And then True. now you can venture into like the, the ag building, the economics building, oh, yeah, the, see, like, the building, the, the 4-H building. Now, well, this is where it's like, here's the best corn kernel of 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 missouri like this is this is the one um here's the best cotton grown like they judge cotton that you can go see the the state's best cured ham and what's great about the state's best cured ham is is right next to the second the third the fourth the fifth and then the unmarked hams and you cannot tell (laughs) i mean somebody can tell the difference somebody not me exactly not being a ham curologist i don't know uh, (laughs) what what the what what the difference is? But they uh, they do. They know the. I secrets. mean, yes, but they speak ham, so they can they can discern and divine which one's the better one. Uh, and we get to sit and marvel, and then you get to see like here's the squash, and here's the thing. Like we go to do that. Um, you know, they have. You can go and buy. There are corners of the the fair where you can go buy a hot tub or your solar panels oh, or your no, 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 you know no. your. You don't want to buy things at the fair because no. fair markup is insane right it is cost you like 20 bazillion dollars plus the Although a lot of them there. are like vendors and it's like people that like it's not like a dude selling a hot tub it's like a hot tub company and it's just like their booth at the fair because then people see it right like <clears throat> like uh, yes things because yes. i know people that used to work at like uh they sell like siding or something and then they would go to like those kind of things and yep. like, just have it hey have I have you thought about how your siding is looking? And it's like da da da, or your <laughs> fence. How's your fence doing? Right? Yes, like, yes. So we then yeah, we avoid those areas because those aren't part of the fair. Yeah, you no. go by. Um, I mean, they're not the fun part. No, no, no. But there's uh, no corn dogs over there. There is so not. You have why to, go? Like, you have to bring them <laughs> exactly. There's no point. So we, uh, <laughs> and then usually that second or third time we're hitting the, um. Uh, the, why the animal barns. Okay, because I say while you're humming and hawing, I just found out what the duck throw contest is. Oh, it is in fact throwing a numbered. I'm assuming it says numbered duck, so I'm assuming that is a rubber duck, like closest to the hula hoop, and you win. Oh, so, okay. I feel like that's what it is. No actual, no ducks were harmed in the making of this game, but I want to see the big version of this. I want a rubber duck trebuchet. This is what yeah. this is what needs to happen. And you know, the state fair just purchased like 200 extra acres. So they've got the room for this. That's right for duck launching. That's right. I think Oof. I think that's definitely definitely in their wheelhouse. Um pneumatic duck cannon. Come on. Who doesn't want that? Eh? Eh? <laughs> Oh, oh, that uh, that's amazing! Um, right? Yeah, see, that's what people need. That's a main stage kind of event. <laughs> it's true. Also, I had a, another wandering thought while you're doing this. Um, what are the four H's? Do we know? Does anybody know what that means? But I know that the four H club exists, and I know uh-huh. I've heard about it for you. I don't know what the. Do they stand for something? Like what? Sure, is, surely, what is the four? I'm look. I'm on the 4H website right now, and it does not tell me. It just tells me 
There are, in fact, four of them. But what are they? Right? What is this? I don't know. Apparently, it is giving young people access to opportunity. That's a very vague answer for age. I think we can oh, probably do better yeah. than that. Got it. Um, I found it. <laughs> I found it. I found it. Okay. Ready? Yes. Head. Heart. What? Hands. Health. Head, heart, hands, health. And they are the four values members work on through fun and engaging programs. So the 4-H is focused on helping your head, helping you learning, understanding the world around you. Um, heart, this is probably giving and loving your neighbor kind of thing. Hands Maybe. is working. Um, yeah. And then health is taking care of yourself and your body. Which could also be your heart. Just saying. Heart disease is real, people. Never been leading cause of... Okay. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, okay, there you go. I, I found did it. not know that. Now, I just learned that literally right, right now. I mean, okay, I do. Oh, do you want to know the 4-H? Science. Here's the 4-H pledge. Here's the 4-H pledge. Ready? Oh. I, I pledge my head to clearer thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, and my health to better living for my club, my community, my country, and my world. And I probably summoned a demon behind me. So hold on. <laughs> no, uh, I try not to speak incantations just out in the open like that. Usually, I don't, no. but I don't have a chalk pentagram or anything around me, so it's I should okay. be fine. Uh, so I I learned something today. So you can go see the 4-H Club. Uh, they've got a building um, where they do 4-H things. Uh, but yeah, yeah we, like I know people that do 4-H stuff. I've like talked to them. I've seen the jackets or the t-shirts but i didn't know what the four h's were until just right now so there we go okay thank you yes uh so yeah we don't we don't do the events you know we'll we'll wander around tither tither and yawn we like to go see the animal barns um it's kind of neat to see after the judging is done uh because people are a little bit more likely to talk to you they're a little bit more relaxed they're not quite so right um it's very stressful right it's a stressful world of animal showing oh yeah so I hear, I don't know, know for <laughs> sure, but yes. So this totally makes sense. So they're a little bit more relaxed. Sure. There aren't as many because many have left at this point, um, but you've got a smaller number and they're more likely to, you know, talk to you and do things like that. So that's, that's fun. Um, and then you just kind of wander around and sightsee people, see people watch and, uh, and head out. Uh, so uh, that was, that was our, that's the report from the fair. Um, Butter cow was in yeah. the window. Oh, yes. Oh. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we came home and the next day I was um, running a, a tub clean on our washing machine because uh, you do that every now and then with a front load washer just to keep everything smelling good and fresh, clean. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that there was a little sign on our little front placard that their little front uh, 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 monitor of it, you know, this little screen that said, uh, uh, ch- not draining, check hose and filter. And I went, yeah. hmm. Hmm. Problem. So I, uh, I went, well, I'll check the hose. And the way I'll check the hose is I'll take the drain hose out of the wall and I'll just shove it into my shop back and I'll suck it out. And if I get water out of that, it means oh, it's okay, clear. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I have to drain the water out of this thing anyway. So I do that. I get it all drained out. Then I open up the, the filter and the filter is clean as a whistle. So I shove the so- shop back mm. around in there and I go wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. I do all the stuff and blah, blah. Um, nothing comes out i dump the water there's no wad of anything in there so i'm like okay that's kind of weird hang up the um 
put the drain back up, run a small load to test it, cycle, cycle, cycle. Not draining. Check hose and filter. And I was like, oh no. Oh. So this time I was like, okay, I will drain everything down and then I will I will start it back up and I'll stand by it. And I'm just gonna listen. Just gonna listen. And I'm listening to it. How very bad of you. Right. I know. I was like, well, because I, I was like, I got diagnosed something. Like, I know what this thing True. is supposed to sound like. I've owned it yeah. for eight years. Like, I, I, but I, most of the time you push the button and you walk away. So now I'm like, well, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to watch the darn thing. And I stand there and I, I hear it running and it's spinning and doing all that stuff. And then, like, I hear the most anemic sound coming from underneath it. And I go, oh, the pump is that. I was going to say, yeah, it's <laughs> probably not pumping it out if it's golf. So I'm going, yes, like, it is going, and it's like, it's like ticking as well. It's like, oh no. Like, that's the, that's the sound that's coming from underneath. And I said, and I said oh no. So I, I, I stop and I, I drain it. And then I'm like, I'll, I will, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. I will call a, a, an appliance repairman to come out and do this. I'll call, that's what I will do. I will, I will have somebody come out and take care of this. So I sit to Google and I start calling places. And the first two are like, yeah, what kind is it? And I was like, oh, it's an LG. Oh, we don't service LG. They're made in Korea. <laughs> and I went, uh, uh, oh, Okay. <laughs> like like what? is this is this is a this, 1990s like auto mechanic shop like we don't work on is, them toyotas around here boy is, is like, this the subtle racism i've been waiting for like i think it is right like <laughs> so, I mean, do you do you know who died and they were like no and finally, the second person was like, no, no. <laughs> you may call this person. <laughs> and I went, okay, I'll call that person. I call them and uh, they don't answer. So then I get back to Google and I'm like, what in the world is this? So I call a, a fourth person and they pick up and they're like, hey, what's going on? I tell them what's going on. They're like, yeah, it's a weak point in those Korean models. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, man, what is <laughs> the South Korean electronic powerhouse is uh mighty. Okay, calm down. I, I'm laughing at this, but it was like, what? What is going on? Also, so, another side note: I just learned that LG is short for Lucky Gold Star. A lot of learning going on. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Okay. And he's like, so granted, I called this. I called this person yesterday which dear listeners was on a tuesday and he said oh where where do you live at town i said oh well the next time we're making a run through there will be uh and he set a date and i looked at the date and i went in my head i went well wait no 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 like i'm needing service on this because it's not working and he was like yes yes i understand and and dear listeners brandon uh th- this was a date a week and a half away <laughs> to which i said hmm (laughs) and i said okay well uh go ahead and put us down on that and uh you know look forward to seeing you then uh to then i went to google again only this time the youtube google uh Uh, yes (laughs) the real (laughs) answers okay and i says to myself i says however like I will judge this. And this is what I do. I go, how long is this how-to video? And that will determine whether I really want to get into this. Okay. 
Um, because and and you have to take the average length of the how-to videos because some say unlike this show, people edit their videos. Losers, Come yes, on, and, and they're like, <laughs> yes, and they're like, we're going to unscrew this, and then that's a fast cut to it being unscrewed, and the whole thing disassembled, and you're like, whoa, whoa, oh, yeah. you, miss, you missed this, yeah, <laughs> right? Like, we're I, gonna unscrew this one screw, and then it cuts, and there's like seven screws on the ground. You're like, yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> I took the average time and the average time for each one of these was roughly 15 minutes. And one of those, the guy just literally had a camera set up over his shoulder the entire time. And I went, okay, I can do that. I can, I can disassemble stuff and put it back in. My only problem now is I have to figure out how fast can I get a pump to me? Cause that's another thing I need to get. That is the real trick here. <sighs> like so then what you start is searching. the pump? Where do I find pump? How can I get it here? <laughs> yep. And then I go, well, first I need to search all of my local supply stores, right? Because surely this pump will be local. Like some surely in our town, there'll be something where I can pick up. No, no, it's Korean. No, it's <laughs> Korean, Korean bottle. No, it's Korean I, pumps. Come on. Well, I even South Korea. We love you. I just want you to know do. this, this is, is not us. This <laughs> is terrible. Well, for for one, like Lowe's, like I called and I said, hi, you sell this you sell these kind of washing machines. And they went, yes, we do. We do not. Then they said, we do not sell replacement parts in store. If you want to order replacement store parts, you must go through Lowe's.com slash parts or whatever. And it's a whole ordering process to get these parts to you. They do not keep anything in store. Sutherland's does not. Menard's does not. Farm and Home does not. Tractor Supply does not. Appliance Repair Store does not. Everybody orders all of these things in. So, so then I mean, I that go, makes sense because like you don't really need I mean it's not good you don't like you don't need to keep an inventory of like various washing machine pumps right because like that's just a lot of shell space it's going to eat up that yes. someone may or may not buy in the next five years right like mm, exactly these <laughs> pumps are like again I had this this pump has been around for eight years so if that's the replacement frequency of these it doesn't make sense to keep these on and I understand too the number of makes, models, varieties out there. And I also know that many manufacturers will use the same part over and over and over and over and over and over again to kind of help with this. But over the course of 20 years, that's thousands upon thousands of different makes and models of washers and dryers. So keeping all those parts in one location, impossible. And I get that. And I totally understand. It's just now frustrating because it's like, because I, I need one. <laughs> I needs one now. So then you go to Amazon because that's where you just always go, and you're like, "Oh my, but Jesus, why is this seventy five dollars?" No, okay, so that's out. <laughs> so then I gotta dig through like partsbulk.org net slash like I'm reading through forums to figure out what models are actually appropriate for, mm-hmm. for my model because it's now just you go to the the the, the service manual for the machine and they don't give a part number they're just like the part it, it the part number is the pump for this model of washing machine that's the part mm. number and you're like that's not actually what I it just yeah in three years that is not helpful like <laughs> right actually so, made uh, 8d eight more washing machines <laughs> yes <laughs> so i'm trying to track this down and i'm digging back into the archives and i'm like okay i found it now i've got to go take now i've got to take my model number and i'm going to paste that across the internet and figure out where this is and then you go is this is this the OEM? Like, is this the manufacturer's yeah. model number, or is this the 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 seller's 
model number for this. And so you've got to figure that out. And then you, fi- I finally found it for a reasonable price. And they're like, we can have this to you in a week and a half. And I was like, unbelievable. Not acceptable. Not acceptable. So I go back to digging. And I'm now at this point, I'm like, I'm just willing to, I'm better shipping. I'll pay for better shipping. But a lot of these places are like, we offer one shipping method slow. And you're like, I mean, no. Yeah. So I finally found one and I'm replaced. So I ordered that in. And then I says to myself, my next several days are going to be very busy. I'm going to go ahead and disassemble the washing machine so that when the pump arrives, I can just throw it in and get everything put back together. Um, so I start the disassembly process. Then while I'm doing the disassembly process, because I am my father's son, I'm like, <laughs> well, it's a little dirty underneath here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I also need to clean. So then I'm like spraying with vinegar and rubbing and cleaning uh. and moving stuff around. And like vacuum. Then I'm like, well, I've got it out from the wall. Anyway, I might as well vacuum and sweep behind it and clean oh, the floor. My goodness, what is happening? <laughs> Side note to this, while I was using my 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 shop vac, I noticed that my shop vac was quite dirty. So I cleaned my shop vac while I was using it. Anyway, that's not important. That hurts me to listen to that. I don't really know if you know. <laughs> so I cleaned the outside because it was a little bit. Oh, okay, so that's fine. Goodness. It's not important. Nobody cares. So then I'm, I'm taking, I'm disassembling it. Really, you I, do. I, <laughs> and then I'm disassembling this. And then I realize, I realize, Brandon, that. Oh, I have to take all of these little pieces off. And so that means that I'm also accessing a part of the machine that actually has been broken for a year and some change. And I have not bothered by it. So then I'm like, right, because the washing machine dome light has been burnt out for a year and some change. We've had a washing machine with no light on the inside. So now I'm like, Oh no, how will you ever manage? <laughs> so, so then uh, I turned, I turned to Megan and I said, Megan, I have this all disassembled. The pump is coming. Do you want the light replaced? And before she could answer, <laughs> Lillian from across the room went, Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I found that part and it's being replaced. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just right there. Like, like if I was, what I did was I was disassembling, and then I I was like, well, I, I'm it looks like I'm heading in this direction. So I watched a video on how to replace the dome light, and I was having to do all of the the same steps to get to this point. Like seriously, the the pump is just like two more bolts beyond what I'm where I'm at to replace the dome light. So I'm like, <laughs> well, oh I have to go past this to get. So I might as well. So that's coming now. Originally, the shipping was like. We'll get there in like two to three days. And I was like, perfect. Two to three days. Fine. We don't have to worry about going to the laundromat or anything. We'll be perfectly fine. Now they're like, well, it, it could be like four to five. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not, we're, t- we're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have a fully disassembled, not fully, but mostly disassembled, beautifully cleaned. Washing, washing machine <laughs> ready ready for a new pump and dome light it's kind of a, a physical representation of how i feel in my life right now a giant <laughs> project 
in the middle of my kitchen, just spread out everywhere. <laughs> just waiting for somebody to finish. <laughs> See, once again, you're let down by outside forces, right? The, the pump people. Me, it's the copy people. Uh-huh. Right? It's all that. It's see, it's just it's the, the theme here. Like it was. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Like, I'm just gonna back up here a minute. I did not realize that this like, like, oh, we can't fix it. That it's from Korea. Like, what? Where are all washing machines? Is there like a are washing machines like a stalwart made in America situation that I was unaware of? Like, because like everything else is not. So why would washing machines be like such a sticking point? What is with these washing machine repair guys? Like what? So (laughs) I did, I did kind of probe on this and I, I am led to believe that the Korean manufacturing techniques are not the same as everybody else. The Chinese manufacturing By the Chinese manufacturing. Uh, yes. I, I Now, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it was... I don't it either. Was, like, I yes. don't know. So, um, appliance... Different bolts? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. Japan has different bolts, technically, right? I mean, screws. Sorry, not screws. bolts. Screws. Wow. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I know the Japanese industrial standard is a screw. Okay. There yeah. you go. Get it right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm just, this whole thing has just been like, oh, okay. Like, are we now, now, now I had no problem taking any of this apart. It was quite a, a therapeutic process. Um, if I'm just being very, very real. Did you feel, did you feel very James May? Right. Yeah. Taking apart. <laughs> I did have to, <laughs> I didn't want to strip any bolts or anything, so I was quite careful with taking things apart, disassembling mm-hmm. them. And yes, I did, like, again, this thing is, it's eight years old, and it gets used, okay, let's be very real with my family. A like, lot? Like, three times a day. Like, it's uh, yeah, just, say. it's just co- constant. Your daughter changes clothes, like, nine, she has, like, nine outfit changes per day. So, like, this is, like... <laughs> it's real. It is, it's really real. Oh, my gosh. So I did have to have that conversation of like, okay, buckaroos, we're going to sit down. We're going to have a conversation right now. Um, we're going to talk about wearing jeans more than once. It's a yes, thing. It's okay. I <laughs> did. I was like, I need everybody to just look at me and we're going to commit to not like I, I just said, every clothing item must be worn at least twice. Just twice. That's all I'm I like. It. Really? All I'm asking. And there was some grumbling and I've had to had to get caught up with people and be like, ah, what, when did you, when did that last touch you? <laughs> right. <laughs> ah, get back here. <laughs> like a clothing checklist. Okay. Kind okay of, this kind is like take snapshots. Okay. Tuesday, 9am. Tuesday, 1130 AM. <laughs> <laughs> I almost need to just have everybody plan out their Like we're going on a trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> really? It really should just be like, okay, what's your what's tomorrow look like, people? <laughs> Talk to me here. <laughs> so, uh, so we wait, we wait, 
And uh, unfortunately, if most things don't show up by Friday, um, I have to I have to leave for this weekend to go train and do some visits. So it's oh, kind no. of kind of on a time budget. And I, <laughs> what I don't want to have happen is I don't want the pump to arrive and then like the the light get delayed because I want to do both of these at the same time. <laughs> I don't want to have anyway. So what you also don't want is to leave for multiple days with a washing machine torn to pieces in the middle of your kitchen. Right. Uh, yes. So this would be <laughs> less than ideal um, in the most, you know, <laughs> plain oh, yeah. sense. Yeah. Plainly stated sense of the, in the manner. So we'll, uh, we will see what happens here. Um, but that is, that is uh so yeah we will we wait for the culmination of the of the washing machine saga wow man that is a there's a lot to take in that is (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile meanwhile we're totally changing gears with a few of our staff members so i was like you know what what if we what if we didn't onboard one person at a time? That's too slow. That's too. What if we did three? Oh, Could we do oh three my. at the same time? Oh, no. Two in one service area and one <clears throat> in another. What if we did that? What if we? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't it? I'm gonna go with no. It's my guess is it's not going to be fun. <laughs> You're right. However, <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I will say that the way we have it is we we had somebody who was working Monday through Friday mornings and they're like, well, my other job has offered me more consistent hours. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So they're working Tuesday, Thursday. So I have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning and afternoon position open. I have to train for that. Oh, I've yeah. also, okay, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's in one service area. I also have an evening position that has come available because someone's other schedule has shifted around. Unfortunately, the evening schedule is in the other service area. <laughs> so, oh, no. So in oh, the mornings, no. <laughs> I am in one place, but in the evenings, I'm in another. Now, I will say that in one of the service areas, I have a lot of very experienced staff members who what I'm planning on is I'm going to do two days of this with the Mm. new staff member, and then I'm going to pass them off to the experienced people and say, you follow and train. Ah, there we go. See, there we go. That's what we need. Okay. So utilizing my resources. uh, (laughs) So hopefully it won't break anything too terribly but <laughs> good should yes. be fine yeah it'll, it'll be everything's fine speaking of culminating events oh. yeah how'd you like that one how'd you like that one right there um we are oh wait i was gonna tell you one more thing right ah false start the other thing that i have to do this week right is very important i just wanted to share this there because it's hilarious we are tomorrow as part of our like the thing like one of the local churches always like makes lunch for us oh right the whole thing so it's like a church potluck basically you know like that but uh i have to prepare for this okay i have to do some homework i have to get ready Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. one of the guys that works there, mm-hmm. like he worked at school for a real long time. He was actually Susan's one of Susan's teachers, right? He's a super nice guy. But every time I see him, he's like he gives me the old handshake and the old slap on the back, right? You know, and he's uh, he goes, "Hey, heard any good jokes lately?" 
So I have to make sure Whoa. I'm prepared. I have to be prepared for him. So I've been okay. <laughs> pressure's on. Got to get a good one, right? Uh, when I say good joke, I mean, of course, a bad joke, right? This of how course. it works, right? Like you mean like That's cheesy dad joke type situation. But <clears throat> I think the one here, you go here, test test it out. Ready? Hey, hey Colin. Hey, hey, hey. Who, who's where do on? where do pirates buy their hooks? Where where do pirates buy their hooks? <clears throat> At the second hand store. Please. <laughs> ah, ah. There you okay. go. So I'm okay. That's my other big thing this week. I got to get ready for my annual joke telling. Good. With community members. There you go. That's I think what it's I necessary. <laughs> I think so. It's much more lighthearted than we find our intrepid hero Bilbo Baggins. Right. Ah, uh, <laughs> here we go. Okay, see, that was a good. That was good. That was, that good. was a much better segue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> he is not having a good time. No, quite the opposite. Back, right? Quite going poorly. Um, again, we have this. <laughs> again, we're we we have the passage of time although the opening line of this chapter now the days pass slowly and wearily <laughs> oh boy <laughs> right yes it's bad yeah yet again we have sort of thorin's full blown descent into madness right like he's just collapsing in on himself mm-hmm. right like a dying star just like imploding right um, it's not going very good for him. Nope. At all. <clears throat> and we, interestingly, right, we are awaiting people, right? And then, like, our, uh, you know, he's, Bilbo is very wary and afraid of, of him because they've called for reinforcements, right? They've, they're looking for Dane, which is Thorin's cousin? Uh, yes. yes. We're going to go with cousin. Um, is coming right to reinforce them to help in this, this situation or whatever. But of course, the messenger, obviously, is this. It's a raven because you know dwarves don't speak thrush. Nope, only raven. Course. Um, so we have this raven come back, and I I was reading this and I was realizing like this is one of those. This is another like uh one of those this is like a very old kind of like trope i guess of like the wise raven right it's implied mm. that this raven is very old and he's very wise and he even gives sure. counsel to thorin which seems very wise but of course thorin ignores it because he is you know that cannot be swayed he's under the spell of the the dragon gold or whatever oh yeah but we have this instance of the wise raven offering counsel which again is a very old trope, right? This is a very like Norse thing, right? It's like Odin stuff, right? So this is kind of some of that Tolkien studying old mythologies and stuff sort of peeking in around the corner. We have some of this like very old kind of like Norse Germanic influence of like the raven and the wisdom and trying to share that with other people. But in this case, it's being blatantly ignored, right? Which yeah. is kind of like a, you know, it's like a red flag for what's about to happen. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> right? You have this <laughs> symbol of wisdom speaking to you, 
right? Telling you what to do. And then you blatantly ignore it and tell it, no, I will not do that. Okay, this is some like foreshadowing red flag in your face, right? Like, don't. <laughs> like, oh no, alerts. Badness yes. is going to happen if you do this because, you know, this, this wise being is counseling you and you're blatantly ignoring it. So I, I've, that's kind of why I took away from this opening part here, which I thought was very interesting. Yes, it does have this uh, this sense of like kind of a uh, like a we warned you kind of thing uh, yeah. from this of like okay like just know that this is not something that we agree is a good idea. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's kind of where we're starting. That's this we're setting the scene here. This like we definitely have like a an air of impending doom, right? Right, kind of coming here, which is interesting. Right. And so Bilbo has now, he comes up with a plan. Right. He's decided he is going to take the Arkenstone and, which he still has, which he hasn't told anybody about. And he's going to sneak out with it. Yeah. That's his plan. <laughs> this is an, this is a, this is a, ooh, this is a doozy of a plan. And one, honestly, that like you don't, you don't, you don't really see coming. Uh, it, it yeah. is so drastic of a change. It really is. Um, whereby it it takes it takes the the kind of where you thought this was going of like this just to me this just shows a the, I mean, Bilbo's true character coming through of like he is very fed up with this like he is really fed up with what's going on and he knows that something drastic really has to take place. For this um before because he knows that things are going to get out of hand where they already are out of hand and that the only thing that he can have that is going to bargain with him and try and get some sense into what is going on is this thing that he has uh and he has to part with it and he knows the immense value he knows uh, and he also i think is, is seeing the power it has over over well dwarves in particular yeah but i also think it's interesting because We've seen a lot of acts of courage on Bilbo's arc already, right? Yeah. We've seen him stand up to the trolls and kind of talk to them. We've seen him, you know, stand up to Gollum, right? These We've seen him stand up to goblins and wolves and all this stuff and elves and stuff. But now Thorin is taking a stand and he is standing up against Thorin his friend. Right. So this is sort of like the ultimate showcase of courage, right? Because it's very easy to stand up against like, not easy, but like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's easier to stand up to an outside threat or an outside force, but standing up to somebody that you care about and respect and, and trusted until recently, um, and being like, no, what you're doing is wrong. And I don't want to be a part of it. Right. This little section is like a, like the ultimate showcase of courage from Bilbo. Right? Because mm-hmm. that, is, that is the hardest thing to do. You know, is to stand up to somebody that you are close to and say, no, you're wrong. And I don't want to be here anymore. 
Like, that's tough, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And again, he's leaving. It, you can definitely feel like he, he knows what a sense of betrayal this has through this act. And like, and he, like not just because he can't just huck it over the, the, yeah. the wall. <laughs> like, like <clears throat> he, he has to be the one to, to carry this valuable thing being sought after to surrender it over. Like he has to carry that over to the, the quote unquote enemy, right? The, the, the people who are besieging them or, you know, how it's viewed from Thorin and the dwarf side of things. Like he has to be the one who, who literally crosses that line of, but it's, but knowing it's for the good of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he does, right? He goes up there. He tells the guy on watch bomber that, uh, yeah, you look tired. Oh, I can't sleep anyway. I'll be on watch for a little while. You just go rest. And Bomber, as we have seen, has no trouble sleeping, right? And so yeah. as soon as he sleeps, Bilbo's like, Gah! jumps over the wall, <laughs> scales down and takes off, right? puts his ring on, obviously, and then takes off running towards uh, the Dale, where the elves and the men of Lake Town are encamped, right? Uh, and another side note, because that's the theme. The other theme of this episode is I. Uh, I just wanted to point out that I think it's absolutely hilarious that in dwarf customs here, like when when you are saying like when Bomber's talking, he's like, oh, you know, whenever you want to say something nice about somebody, you say like, may may your beard grow longer. Oh yes, right. And then that's if like, you're like cursing somebody, you say, may your beard hairs fall out. Right. That's like <laughs> like yes, all the all the. It's a very, very beard centric, very beard centric culture here in dwarfism, uh, dwarfdom, I rather, uh, which makes sense, right? It's like they're, yeah, they talk about it a lot. So I just, I find that little detail very humorous, <laughs> like that that's part of the dwarf culture of, of like showing respect or cursing somebody. It's all centered around their beard, right? Which I think I'm going to start incorporating into my life. Instead of like cursing somebody and swearing at them, I'm just going to be like, I hope your beard falls off. Oh, right. I'm no. going to channel my inner dwarf and I'm going to say that. <laughs> These kind of insults are amazing because <laughs> nobody, who, who, who expects to be, who expects that to come out? Like, it's very much like a, I'm sorry, what? Like, what, what did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel like that's something that I need to incorporate into my vocabulary just because I think it's funnier. You can use that much more socially, right? You're not going to get like leered at by, Oh. accidentally saying like naughty words in public, but you can be like, oh, I hope your beard withers and falls off. Like, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I feel like it's- that is something I'm going to try to do here from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I stand behind this fully. So go, go forth. Uh, right. So anyway, as Bilbo is uh, sneaking, right. He sneaks right into the river and falls in. So that was Great. good. Good job, Bilbo. <laughs> yeah, some burglar. <laughs> some burglar. I mean, he made it this far all the way. I mean, it's, it's dark. You know, he didn't know how deep the water was. Got to check your water. Turn around. Don't drown, people. That's important. Um, but he falls in the water, so the elves now hear him and uh, oh, catch he him. Gets, he gets offended. Because it's like like a servant from the something, and he's like servant indeed. Like, yeah, like, yeah, they're like hate. a servant of the enemy. He's like, excuse you, I'm not a servant. Get over here. Uh-huh. And I just it, it, again, this like 
it's very comical because you could just imagine somebody being like in the midst of all of this, like he is personally offended that someone would think he's a servant of what's going on. <laughs> like, you're like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, and the elves don't like really know what to do with him because they're like, what are, what are you doing here? He's like, I need to speak to your king. And they're like, uh, and Bard specifically, I want to see Bard. And they're like, what? what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Okay, fine. Like, he's, <laughs> Uh, but they do. They take him over, and uh, they he meets with the king and bard, right? The elf king, right? Apparently, Thrandwheel doesn't get a mention here, but that's who it is. Um, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And Bill was like, "Oh, hey, here, I, I want to show you something." Blam! And he just <laughs> yeah drops, drops this on him, you know. Because uh, he's worried about Bilbo, right? Or not worried about Bilbo. He's worried about Thorin. He's like, they're going to starve to death. We got to do something. We need to break the siege. We don't want to see. We don't want to fight each other. He's like, I don't want to see anybody fighting. This is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, he just like says, oh, well, I have something you can bargain with. And then like just hands him the Arkenstone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, especially Thrandwheel because he knows what it, the, the elf king he like knows what it is and he's just like dumbfounded like what are you what <laughs> like he's the, like the amazement like they can't even figure out like why do you have this how do you have this and why are you giving it to us why don't I just run away with it right and he's like no you need it I'm gonna give it to you here you go there's a lot of explaining about He's justifying why he can do this. He's like, well, they told me I could have a share and blah, 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 blah here. And um, <clears throat> but basically saying, I, I want you to use this. Thorin will bargain for this. Right. He said, there's nothing that you have that he wants. Well, now here's something that you have that he wants. Yeah. So there you go. Really changes, change, changes the, I mean, it really takes that and kind of levels the field real quick with what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So he's just like, okay, here you go. And they're like, can we do anything for you? He's like, not really. I got to go because they're going to miss me. So I got to get back. And they're like, what do you mean go back? He's yeah. like, yeah, I got to go. I got to go be with my friends. And mm-hmm. they're just like, I, I don't What? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love this when he says, um, when Bart says, why are you telling us this? Are you betraying your friends? Or are you threatening us? And, oh, yeah. And, and, and Bilbo goes, my dear bard, squeaked Bilbo, don't be so hasty. I have never met such suspicious folk. I am merely trying to avoid trouble for all concerned. Now I will make you an offer. Like, I, like he's again, he's offended. And this, it just shows how out of place Bilbo is in this world where bard is deal used to dealing with and being around the lake master right of like yeah schemings conniving um backstabbing all these things going on and um and and i'm sure the elven king as well and everybody's used to all these ulterior motives and everything being dark and secret and blah 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 and bilbo's just like no i'm tired of this like i just wanted to stop <laughs> and yeah. he is worried and like you said he is worried about thorns well-being and he is he is worried about his friends and he's worried about the well-being of the people in the camp that he's sitting in. Like he, he just wants everybody to, to get what they need to move on from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And, uh, they agree. And they're like, okay, well, there you go. And he leaves, but, uh, on his way out, he bumps into somebody, right? 
he's just like running by and somebody yells at him and he turns around and oh there's Gandalf making his grand return oh yes <laughs> it's quite wonderful it's funny too because they're like you know um, he's he's just like oh well okay anyway like he's real excited and he's happy to see him but he's like um, I gotta go though um, so but he gives him some encouragement, right? Gandalf is back. Our encouraging, hopeful symbol is back. And so he's like, there's unpleasant time just in front of you. But keep your heart up. You may come through it all right. Uh, there is good news brewing that even the ravens have not heard. And he goes on, right? Um, <clears throat> he hurries off back to the gate where he climbs over and wakes up. Bomber. <laughs> and yep, just goes right back into this. Right. And yep. then, yeah, and he's soon, he was soon fast asleep, forgetting all his worries till the morning. As a matter of fact, he was dreaming of eggs and bacon. So there's this still this, this, this call like amongst this like monumentous decision, um, the turmoil going on around. He's like just the plain, simple, basic driving factors of. Eggs and bacon sure would be nice right now, right? Like it's it's a it makes it very homely. Yeah, that's true. Because he still he just wants to go home, right? He wants this to be done. He wants everyone to be okay, and he wants to leave, right? Which you know, like I understand this. This makes sense, <clears throat> right? So he goes to bed, and then we go to our next chapter. And boy, oh boy, just want to talk for a minute about we haven't mentioned chapter names too much. No, right. In in passing, right? There's a couple chapter names in this book that are very uh, appropriate. I think none more so than uh, chapter 17, The Clouds Burst. I, very um, apropos. <laughs> holy cow. So, listeners, uh, you know, a cloud burst is like an extreme, like, sudden downpour of rain. Right, kind of comes without warning, and then there's like a, a huge rain, like all of a sudden, and mm-hmm. that's that is basically what this chapter is. <laughs> like. Yes. It comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, it's a huge deluge of crazy, like just <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is very, very befitting to what we're about to run through. Like, really, this this chapter takes the like the takes the pacing of what we've just experienced and just is like yeah remember all that time of like bayorn and like how we like we're really like soaking up a lot of our downtime no downtime we're just going like there's like yeah so many details just get like whoosh like whisked over through to push this thing through like it really this this chapter feels in that respect it feels very out of place for the rest of the book that we've just gone through. Yeah, because it's just so blah, 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 bam, like all over. But it drives home the point of mayhem and chaos all the more of like of just how quickly everything moves. Like it, like in that respect, yeah. it gets that point across very well. Yeah, it's kind of just like a it's all coming to a big head. Everything is just nuts, and it's just all gone crazy. Right, like yes. that's really kind of how this goes, and so we start off with the uh, the messengers come back, right? Kind of starts off slow. Same thing, messengers come back, 
but now it's the king bard and an old man. Wink, wink, wink. Wonder who that could be. <laughs> no one could know. There's no, no one way could of possibly knowing. guess who that could be. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and uh, he's like, "Why are you back?" Blah blah. blah. Thorin is saying this. He's like, "Why are you back?" I told you, you or your friends have nothing to offer me. And they basically go, "Oh yeah." What about this? And uh, they open this box and hold up the Arkenstone. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thorin uh, is, uh, quote, stricken dumb with amazement and confusion. Which, I mean, yes. Because <laughs> the last you heard, that was supposed to be inside the mountain. So why is Bard have it now, right? Why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yep, and you can imagine, like, this is something that he has been searching and searching and searching and searching for. And he's gone literally crazy over this. Like, right? yes. Yeah, he's driven himself mad by this. And to see it suddenly being held aloft as if it were nothing, like, you can imagine, just like the, oh, so what? Like, what is that? So I definitely understand his um, concern. <laughs> yeah. And so he's furious. He's raging. He's yelling. He's, how did you get this? And Bilbo, being Bilbo, says, uh, I gave it to them. Right? He's just honest. Hey, I did it. He's like, I did. Uh, to which Thor's response is obviously anger, right? He's, you miserable hobbit, you undersized burglar, <laughs> right? Because that's all he can come up with. Um, and he's like furious that he's been betrayed yes. by by Bilbo, right? Um and uh he, you know, Bilbo tells him, right, listen, he told me I could do with this, I whatever. I this I want this is what I wanted. And uh Thor basically kicks him out. Yep, get out, get out of here. Uh but not before, I guess probably importantly later uh gandalf reveals himself to thorin he's back because he's like i curse gandalf i wish he was here i would beat him up and gandalf's like i'm right here fool blam like here i am <laughs> it's quite wonderful what he's, <laughs> he's like well here i am yeah so so thorin's up there just like throwing a temper tantrum yeah and and being all angry and uh you know gandalf kind of hey hey thorin you're not making a very splendid figure of a king under the mountain, are you? <laughs> oh, doesn't really. Yes. Be like, oh, but you know, Gandalf, but things may change yet. Right. Because, you know, Tolkien is kind of all about redemption. We've talked about that before a little bit. So maybe yeah. we'll see if that comes in. Cause Gandalf is hinting like, eh, you know, there's still time Thorn. still time. I also, um, I also real quick, like how, um, Oh, Gandalf says, if you don't like my burglar, please don't damage him. Yeah. <laughs> Give him back to me. I don't <laughs> which is which is something that's kind of been a common theme of like, don't complain about my burglar. Like, don't go find my burglar that you mm. lost. Or, you know, so like it's so it's it's funny how it like yet again is like put if you don't like him, don't 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 do things, don't be hasty. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I like that. It's true. And even even after all this, even after seeing Thorin's response, even after being thrown out of the the mist the mountain right like 
Bilbo's parting words is farewell. May we meet again as friends. Yeah. Right. Like he is still hopeful, right. And optimistic, right. About this and how this can have a resolution. That's not horrid. But, uh, as we move on here, Dane shows up, right? Um, the dwarf reinforcements have come. They are now, now we get like a lot of like really crazy detail about more dwarves because we've only seen like kind of raggedy traveling dwarves, <laughs> right? Like Dwarven's company kind of like ragtag. They don't really have a lot. They're kind of like disheveled and right. They've been on the road for a long time. So they're, they're kind of like, they don't, they're not in their element, Right. But now we have the juxtaposition of Dane's dwarves from the Iron Hills of like full armored dwarven contingent. Right. Yes. And there are they're kind of these like big detailed about like fully armored hauberk and you know, all this stuff. Like, <clears throat> uh, Wait, so it's a very, they cut a very different figure than the Doors of Thorn, right? Uh, I also like the detail that their beards were tucked into their belts just to keep them out of the way when they're very tidy. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very tidy. Yes. And they, uh, uh, also, he, he mentions a lot that they fight, they have, um, they're wielding heavy two handed mattocks. Yes. And I had to look up what a Maddox was. Oh, right. I didn't know. <clears throat> Apparently, it's that thing that's like half adds half pickaxe. Half spade or whatever. Can's got fl- yeah, is, it, I, is it flat on one side, right? Well, it's like, it's like yeah, it's like flat and then like a pick. But it's like turned side. It's like a mining tool. Like a yeah, it's not, 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 it's not flat as in an axe. But because it's, if you took that hat and you f- turn it around. It's like so an adds can, where it's yes. like horizontally flat. Yes. Right. Yes. And then the pickaxe part is like vertically kind of flat. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't know that was a Maddox. I didn't know what that thing was called, but apparently it's a Maddox. I had to Google that. Um, and it's interesting that they are fighting with what appears to be a digging tool, well, which is very dwarvy, right? Think about it, right? Yep. Like, <laughs> just like very dwarven. Like, yes, we have a overbuilt, I'm imagining, like, in the world of like medieval arms, there's a lot of like uh, things that were originally tools that were sort of turned into, you know, weapons of war, like a bill hook or like a halberd type situation, right? Yeah. So I, and then they became like an overbuilt version of that because they were like, oh, we could use this to fight, but we need to beef it up and make it stronger. Sure. So I, my mind, now I'm looking at a Maddox, which is already kind of big, but then if you dwarfify that and like exaggerate the features, make and it make like, it a war tool, right? Yeah, That's- make it bigger and heavier and beefier and a weapon of war. That would be very formidable, um, <clears throat> and terrifying, right? So makes sense. But I'm, I'm I'm imagining it's like that kind of evolution, right? Because we're like a bill hook. The reason a, a bill hook is a pole arm, but like a big long stick with like a hook and a spike on it. That's what a right. bill hook is. <laughs> if listeners don't know. Um, and so they, this was a weapon issued to like common soldiers because a lot of them were familiar with tools that were similar. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you warify it and make it bigger and heavier and give it to them, they know how to use it just sort of automatically. Yeah. Right. Very so familiar. That, it makes sense that a dwarf would do that as well, right? If you, if you give a dwarf a tool that they would use in their everyday pursuits of mining, and then you take that and sort of transform it into a weapon of war, they would just automatically know how to use it. Yes. So that that little detail really kind of jumped at me as well. Like that's a very interesting kind of way of like a character. It's like a character design, like just boom, like right there. Like it tells you a lot about dwarves just in like a sentence. Well, very interesting. Very, very practical, right? That's the other aspect of this is like, it's a very practical tool. The the familiarity with this of like, well, um, if this would break, if this would cleave off a hunk of granite, um, probably would hurt somebody running towards me. So, uh, let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. So Dane comes, he announces himself. They have like a standoff, right. Between the men and the elves and the, the dwarves. Right. I, and I personally is hiding in the thing. Right. I, ahead, I love sorry. this part of the story because okay. You can just imagine, like, they're, they don't, they're, it's not time to fight yet, but they're also like, but if you're ready to rumble, like, I guess we'll go. Like, we yeah. can't start, <laughs> start now. Like, we were going to wait, but okay. <laughs> and Bard even kind of laughs it off, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, what do dwarves know about fighting above ground? And the elf king is kind of like, meh. Well, you know, you know, but there, you know, it's a good, yes. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He said, long will I tarry ere I begin this war for gold. Dwarfs cannot pass us unless we will or do anything that we cannot mark. Let us hope still for something that will bring reconciliation. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Something. something. I wonder. That could yeah. help some people start working together, right? Maybe yeah. two paragraphs <laughs> later, <laughs> the clouds burst, right? Like, mm. right? So they were getting ready, you know, Bard and his friends, and they had resolved to strike. And all of a sudden, Darkness came with a dreadful swiftness. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there are bats? Birds? Both? Birds. These are birds. Bats come later. Of uh, a cloud of birds swirling down from the north. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it is the goblins. Right? The goblins have come down from uh, I'm assuming, oh, it's Gundabad, right? Yeah, they yeah. talk about that a little bit. There's a lot of deep background about this, but um, the goblins basically have heard, like the, we were talking earlier about, they they kind of foreshadowed this a few chapters ago when they said people will have heard that Smog is dead and come to claim the gold. Well, the goblins heard about it. <laughs> so yep. here they come, because we know goblins don't like dwarves. They even had a, a whole war about it, right? We get a little inside of that here. We get a little bit of that history. Uh, the goblins are upon you. Bolg of the north is coming, Odain, whose father you slew in Moria. 
Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Uh-oh. We see Azog down here uh, that we talked about that. That's a long time ago. They just mentioned that in passing. Oh, yeah, there was a Goblin War, blah, blah, blah. Oh, turns huh? out it's a little bigger. Um, some grudges happening, right? So the hatred of goblins and dwarves runs deep, and the goblins have decided that this is a... The dwarves will be distracted, and they should swoop in and try to thwart their foe kind of uh, right now, like in their time of, you know, trouble or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wolves and wargs are running, coming, right? They have the <clears throat> the whole contingent of goblins is coming, right? And everyone's kind of like, oh, um, oh no. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's where it says, uh, so began a battle that none had expected. And that's an uh, understatement uh, quite a bit. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and so, yeah, this part's very weird. This, this kind of goes on here, blah, blah, blah. But, like, basically, now we have some weird stuff. Gandalf basically goes, hey, come here, oh, Dane, come here, come here. We can talk about this. We can work. We need to work together to fight the goblins. Can you agree that we need to hold on for a minute and fight some goblins together? I think that's reasonable. So come over here and we'll make a we'll plan real quick, right? We'll huddle up. Gandalf basically gives him the old huddle up sign. Come here. Huddle up. Let's go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. He's like, stop. Stop your bickering and come here real quick. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So the Elf King, Bard, Dane, Gandalf. Um, and they kind of plan out how they're gonna like they're they're gonna form ranks, right? And see had to basically on the spurs of the mountain like where the mountain comes down in the valley right they're going to line up there and sort of meet them and kind of funnel and fork stuff there and um <clears throat> that's the plan right and it's interesting here now we get some like we have a lot of detail about like battle tactics all of oh, a sudden I, right? I was like, just about to say like if like this is battle tactics galore and it is it is a little difficult to keep up with with like how the battlefield is being described positions and localities of people yeah and how they're moving and like it, it this is this gets dense real fast and it's yeah it, it's it's not um verbose in any way because all this is packaged very succinctly in in these paragraphs through the section yeah but it is jargony right like it yes, is jargony, it yes. is military jargon um you know and it's like what does this mean i don't like ah <laughs> and so um this is interesting because like you get a they give a lot of, they throw a lot of words at you like vanguard and flank and all this stuff right and like um vanguard just means like the front yeah. of the enemy but like <clears throat> you get a, a quick little insight here and i think it's important to kind of this is some like you know they just throwing all this out here but this is these are things that tolkien knows about right because we rewind uh about 20 years before this book was published right Tolkien was uh, a commissioned officer in World War One, right? He was like a lieutenant, right? So commissioned officers have to go to like class, 
right? Like military class and stuff and have like crash courses and like military strategy and things like that. So like he, he had to learn about this stuff and he had to apply these things in, in real life, right? Like he, he was in <clears throat> France in World War One, right? He had a post in France, right? He did participate in the Battle of the Somme, which is horrid, right? One of the worst things over there. So some of these words that he's just like throwing out there, these are things that just were sort of in his brain from that time, right? You kind of think about like, where did they come from? Where did this inspiration come from? How did he know to talk like this? Because in his philological, I don't know how you would say that, um, <laughs> yes, that one. It's a philologist, right? This is not a a, a thing that you're going to encounter, right? And reading Anglo-Saxon literature, you might come across a little bit of it, talk of battles here and there, but a lot of them are poems and laments and songs about afterwards. So it's not about like the happening; it's about what happens after. And so this is a whole separate skill set that he just kind of draws on whether consciously or not from his time as a lieutenant in the British Royal Army, right? Yeah. Which is kind of a weird little side note here, but <clears throat> I think that's where all this jargon comes from and how it gets, why it just gets thrown out. Like, oh yeah, and then you go over here and you go over there and you go over there and you go, uh, what? <laughs> and he does, he does a great job at throwing it all in there, but at the same time, you're like, I'm a bit lost. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, it's not long, right? You're, like you said, it's like about like a couple paragraphs, right? The goblins moved here. They drew back into the valley. They moved over here. Like the pincers, blah, blah, blah. You're like, what? what, what, what? The eastern yeah, spur and blah, blah, blah. Like this. Well, that's the right. other part of like really trying to have a good uh, understanding of the, um, the, the layout the of this. Yeah. And the geography of like, that's where all of a sudden this gets a bit hard to follow. Because then they're like, you know, like then they marched and gathered by a hill and valley going over by tunnel and under dark. Mm. Till, well, I mean, that's that's the movement of the Goblins army from the north. But like still, it's like there's a lot here of like the movements of, of large groups of people. Yeah. What I really need is a Wilson's Creek style light table of the Battle of the Five Armies where I can see <laughs> which I need five different colors of little light bright lights on the table and they need to move in ranks i can see how they move around the situation (laughs) that's what i need i need this in my life that's amazing (laughs) right (laughs) the little red and blue arrows and all the stuff right that's what that's what you need right here where's that i want to see that yeah this is what (laughs) this is this is what's needed Okay, well, we'll get on that. There you go. But what is clear is that some of these tricksy, tricksy goblins have decided, oh, what if we just go over top of the mountain instead? Yes. Ha So they go over the mountain and come down on top of everybody, which, as you can imagine, is terrible, right? Uh, and there's immense fighting. The bodyguard of Bolg is mentioned several times. He doesn't even get a name. Poor guy. He's just there. (laughs) (laughs) Unnamed goblin bodyguard dude uh, fighting with Dane, right? Like, (laughs) he's really going after it. Really is. And it's it's just interesting that they mention this person, goblin, whatever, 
like repeatedly, and he doesn't get a name. Nope. Man, that's harsh. Uh, (laughs) But, um, you know, as it's not going well, as the goblins have come over the top, um, so the other forces are pretty surrounded, they're kind of fighting back to back, right? You get the kind of circled up. Um, Thorin and his warriors come out of the mountain and join the fray, right? Uh, he comes out and he seems to have snapped out of it, right? Because he just starts yelling to me, to me, and everybody goes to him, right? It would make sense if it was the dwarves, right? Because they were there for him. But mm-hmm. he starts yelling to me, to me, and dwarves go, the men go, the elves even go. <laughs> they don't even like him. And they're like, okay, it's a good idea. And he has like, his presence and countenance has altered so dramatically that his, like, people are just inspired by him showing up and they rush to him to fight together. Well, which is crazy, right? Like, yeah. Part part of this too is in, in stark contrast to what Gandalf had just said of like, you know, some King under the mountain you are in his coming through the gate. um, It says hood and cloak were gone. They were in shining armor and red light leapt from their eyes. In the gloom, the great dwarf gleamed like gold in a dying fire. Um, the gold is flowing from the mountain in the goodness and riches as the king under the mountain exits to claim what's his, right? It, it's, it's a triumphant... Um, yeah, it's a, a very emergence. triumphant entrance. Yes. <clears throat> and so, like, yeah, as he was... Yeah, because when he was on the ramparts, that's a good thing that I you know think about. When he's on the ramparts yelling at Bard and the Elf King and Gandalf, right? He is still in his robes and his traveling gear and he's hunched and he's like, you can imagine him like this, like, you know, yelling and spitting. And now what's come out of the mountain yep. is the fierce warrior of legend, Thorin Oakenshield, son of Thrain, son of Thror, right? This guy is the real deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like so inspiring and so amazing that everybody's like, yes, we will go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like just his presence is so commanding that they're like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even, even, uh, in in a charge like this, typically there's the, what there's the horn that's blown to announce and, and, but, and it says, even as, and his voice shook like a horn in the valley. So, he himself is the one that's calling, proclaiming, like that's that's the the, the, mm-hmm. the the signal to others around him as as he really is embracing, like you said, like the the Thorin, right? The Oaken Shield. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. And so then the battle really starts to turn, right? Because Thorin has now joined and the company is joined and it's sort of inspired everybody, right? And so <clears throat> Gandalf's words prove a bit prophetic when he said, there may be yet time, Thor. Mm-hmm. There may be yet time. Right. Boom. <laughs> time, time is now. now. <laughs> it was three paragraphs later. Three, yeah, yeah, it was a couple or pages like later. Five, time, but right. yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, now we got this uh, cut to Bilbo standing up on the hill. He's up on Raven Hill because Bilbo, as we know, not really warrior material. His battles are fought other places, right? But, um, you know, he's up there watching and kind of lamenting about all this stuff and, uh, you know, <clears throat> worried about his friends. And he was, you know, he's kind of, you know, weeping about this, that this battle is happening and his people that he cares about are down there. And he doesn't want to see this. And he says, like, you know, I would rather old smog been left with all the wretched treasure and these vile creatures should get it. You know, poor Bomber and Balin and Philly. He's like, all the rest have come to a bad, you know, I don't want them to come to an end, right? And and the Lake Men and the, even the elves. And this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, he's just standing up here on the hill. He's helpless, right? He's done so much. He's come so far. And in this moment, he is helpless to do anything. Mm. You know, we just got to watch everything unfurl. And he doesn't like what he sees. No, no. And it's a very, uh, it is a, another stark contrast of the two now change of characters of, of this is the moment Thorin was preparing for. Um, and and this is the moment Bilbo feared most and did and least wanted to be involved in. Right? Yeah. And so so in every other tight spot in the story, we see Bilbo able and capable of stepping up uh, to to take this new challenge on to adapt to rescue friends. And in this moment, I, I think it's this both this um, recognition of just the the horrors of of war like this and the calamity and the loss of lives and his friends being, you know, just, you know, killed and everybody else who's suffering because of this. And also him recognizing I like, not only do I not want this to happen, but like, there's nothing I can do at this moment. Like this is, this is not of, of, or for me in this time. Yeah. Yeah. Just the helplessness of standing. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting that he is, at this moment, he's standing on the hill, even far away. He's still wearing the ring, mm-hmm. right? So he is like not just, you know, this this invisibility. Like at this moment, like he's so helpless, like he's like physically invisible, but also like metaphorically invisible because he he's he can't do anything, right? Yeah. So that's an interesting little yeah thing there. I think. Um, but as Gandalf said, there may yet be hope because he starts, you know, he like kind of turns into the gust of the wind and he sees something in the sky, Mm -hmm. dark shapes, small yet majestic against the distant glow. Why the eagles have come. Um, have they? They have, according huh. to Bilbo. Um, he is very excited about this. He starts screaming and like yelling and dancing, even though he's invisible. So the elves are like, "What? What's happening? What's, <laughs> What's going on?" Like the guards up on the hill are like, "What? What? What?" And um, <clears throat> he's very overcome with joy because you know this uh, this portends good, right? This this is probably a good sign, right? Uh, 
the eagles are coming. We've met them before. We know how majestic and mighty and and, and they are. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, the readers of lore, know that these are the servants of Monwe himself. Mm. Come, right, of their own will to help. And, uh, you know, Bilbo might not know that, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and he's so excited. And we end on a bit of a cliffhanger because he gets smacked on the head with a stone. I It's knocked out. It's great. It's fantastic. I Is mean, it it's truly it again. It's it's just comical again of like all this stuff going on, and he's the really only one at this point that's seeing what's going on. Yeah, uh, and then boom, and he, lights out. He, yeah, he also came up to the hill basically so this wouldn't happen. Yeah, right. It mentions earlier that he is invisible, but he wanted to get out of the way because you never know if somebody could bump into you or you could get whacked on accident. So he came all the way up here specifically to be safer. <laughs> he gets whacked on the head with a rock or something and gets knocked out. Yes. And that's right at the culmination of the battle. Right when the tide is turning. Right when hope has returned. Bam. Boom. Knocked out. <laughs> You you are not part of this. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the ultimate like slap in the face, like his helplessness is like confirmed because now yeah. he's not even conscious it's of what's pretty, going on. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> that's <No>. where <laughs> that's where we're stuck. That's where we gotta wait, right? Cliffhanger. Right, boom! More cliffhangers from Tolkien. Right, just like, well, tune in next week for for to see to see what Bilbo doesn't do. Okay. True. Yes. yes. Right. We we'll get the recap here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that'll be it. That'll be it. We'll be done next time. Be done. We'll wrap up. And we'll give our uh, give our opinions. Uh, we yeah. may even may even touch on uh, our our thoughts in relationship to the to the to the movies that may or may not exist or be real. Ah. Um, I saw a meme the other day that that was like that, that basically was like, oh, you watch the Rings of Power and now you think the Hobbit's good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> All coming together. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a good little way to end. That'd be good. Yeah, uh, I think just, yeah. And yeah. At least we can see how much time we have or don't have. Well, yeah, it'll be fine. <clears throat> okay. Well, I yeah, it'll be be a lot, lot to look forward to. All right. Yeah, we can do it. We can do the movie expose the week after if you want to. Okay. Yeah, we can see. We can see what we have. Um, uh, Where we are time wise, but we but can yeah, do that right. if you want to do that. If you want to do the books finish, then kind of like closing thoughts, and then the week after that can be like comparative. That would probably be best, given yeah, I think I'd be given good. how verbose we tend to be on these things. No, never. Not. I don't. <laughs> no, this is going to be a tight forty-five minute episode. I'm, never. I can, no, I can do this. Okay, that's what we can promise our listeners. It will never be a tight forty-five minute. Yes, episode. that's what we can <laughs> never be. Want of words? That's for sure. <laughs> and on that bombshell, indeed, <laughs> indeed, love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.